You're tuning in to another episode of Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Sit back and relax, because today we're going to learn animal facts. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Woo! I am your host, the one, the only, Siriana, back at it again with another week of animal facts. We are still rolling strong with the primates. Before we get into that, though, I do want to say, like always, thank you for listening, for sharing, for supporting in any way you have been or can support. I appreciate it. If you're not already following, go follow Wildlife Wonders with an S podcast, all one word on Instagram to stay up to date with all the announcements with animal fast facts that I put on there, the videos for whatever animals I talk about and more, but you have to follow to see what that more is for. But I also want to say before we get into this week's episode, I have decided to temporarily change the episode release to bi-weekly. So these episodes will come out every other week. So two times a month instead of every week. Uh, simply because my schedule is picking up um, and I still want to provide y'all with authenticity and excitement that I bring every week to talk about the animals I love so much. And the best way I can do that is by changing to bi-weekly, just temporarily. It's not going to be long-term. So hence why you did not get an episode last week, but there is an episode this week. And so there will be an episode next, not next week, but the week after next uh, for the following animal to also compensate for that some episodes sometimes maybe two animals or either two animals or two separate animals talking two separate episodes talking about two different animals maybe released so there's my announcements uh don't believe i have anything else to say on that so without further ado let's get into it so we have talked about an ape we have talked about a monkey we have talked about a lemur so we only have two groups of primates left for this section, and that's a tarsier and a loris. And so today we're going to focus on the loris. When I say the focus on the loris today is going to be the slow loris. There are about eight to nine different subspecies of lorises, but they pretty much all look the same. Um different qualities here and there, but we are going to be talking about the slow lores. Specifically, I'm going to go into the subspecies of the Javan slow lores, but the facts I present today are pretty similar to all slow lorises. There's just varies in size and colors and where they're located. But either way, lorises are located in the rainforest of Southeast Asia and South Asia. Specifically with this species of species of loris, it is located in the Javan Island, the island of Java in Indonesia. And y- y'all know I have my trusty dusty notes here. So if I get off track. So yeah, they're in the rainforest. They are arboreal, like some other species we've learned about so far. And when um that means they stay in the top of the trees, they rarely come down unless they have to use the bathroom. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think I didn't read anywhere else if they come down for anywhere else. And for my studies, I don't remember that they come down for any other reason. They are omnivores. Omnivores means they eat meat, they eat nectar, they might eat leaves, they eat a lot of different things. In the case of the slow lures, they eat small birds, insects, reptiles, fruit, gum, and nectar. Now, they do have broad bottom front teeth that are used to tear holes into the wood. 
and to groom themselves. It is called a tooth comb. So they have a the tooth in the bottom. It's called a tooth bone. So tooth comb. So they need to gnaw a hole in the wood to get to gum and nectar. They can. They then have a long, narrow tongue that dips in there and goes and gets all the good gum in there and the good nectar out of the flowers and the gum out of the trees as much as they want. That believe they gnaw hundreds of holes a night. So that's pretty cool. They're usually upside down to eat and they can eat with both hands. So pretty skilled animals here, but they can eat just about a lot of different things. So they never run out of options for foods like having a little buffet. Now they are smaller on the smaller size between the Java and one specifically, they're between 1.25 and 1.51 pounds, little itty bitty things. Um, and they have a head body length about 11.5 inches. So just slightly less than a foot. But don't, don't let this, don't let these facts fool you. These things are dangerous and not dangerous in a way that we should be afraid of them, but dangerous in a way that they're cute and cuddly, but realize they are very, they're very dangerous. And even though they're small, sometimes small animals pack the most punch. Okay. Take dart falls, for example. So that's a little bit about the size. They are, they have grasping hands. They are flexible, wrists and ankles. Um, they do have an extra vertebrae in their spine. All this means is that they're really bendy. They're really flexible. They're really bendy. They're able to get around how they need to. Um, you don't need to know the exact number of vertebrae and everything, but they're very flexible primates. Now they are like little short, stout, thick, little bodied uh uh, little body animals, they can vary in species about size, but typically they're either gray or dark orange or brown or like a tannish, creamish color. They have a dark stripe that goes down their back. That is for all the lorises. Um, yeah, that is for all the lorises, I believe. They all have that stripe. And they have a really cool... So when you see a soloris, they look like teddy bears. They have these big round eyes with brown circles, or not brown circles, brown color eyes typically. They have these huge dark brown, blackish circles around their eyes. And it's like, it's it's like a pair of goggles. It like goes over their eyes. So it makes you want to like look into their eyes. And from what I read, it's a tactic to the way like their facial structure and features are set up is more so... The circles around their eyes, and so you're more, what's the word, more likely to want to look into their eyes or follow it down to their mouth, like the path that's on their nose looks like it kind of goes down to their mouth. And the reason for that is because they're venomous, but we will go over that later. So it's kind of to attract you to fall into the groove of their mouth or the patterns of like, you know how snakes have certain patterns that make you look at certain areas. It's kind of like that, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but hopefully it does. Either way, so um, yeah, they all have dark, the dark rings. No matter the species, they all are the subspecies. They all have the dark rings around their eyes. The patterns on the back and the other like stripes and colors and patches may vary a little bit among the species, but they all have the circle around their eyes and then they all have the black patch going down their back. Now, don't let the name fool. I told y'all with this animal, it's like, it was named a slow loris and it's not really that slow. And then they look cute and cuddly, but they're not cute and cuddly. I think it's hilarious. Like, 
It's a play on words, but they are nocturnal, which means they are awake at night. They are sleeping during the day and they are actually pretty quick. Even though they were named slow lorises, they are pretty quick if they need to be. Now, slow lorises can stay still for hours and hours on end. Okay, they can move very slowly when they need to. And they freeze and usually hide behind their hands when they're startled. So a lot more like cute features, but also beware. Um, If they need to, they can shift from branch to branch or shift from side to side to catch a predator, can catch a bug, whatever they need to. They are also very, very silent. And like I said before, they're flexible. So unlike other primates where you hear bustling through the top of the trees, they move in stealth mode. So that way, no one hears them and they can get what they need. Okay. And so they move like that. They climb down the trees when they need to go poop. And other than that, that's pretty much it. So that's about their behavior. But let's get, and I talked about, I talked about their behavior already. So their diet and their size and all that. But let's get into why I love slow lorises so much. Other than the fact that they're so doggone cute. They are also one of my favorite primates. Next to orangutans and gibbons. And macaques are cool. There's some other ones too. But the reason why I like slow lorises so much. Because they are venomous. And I think it's such a contradiction of their cuteness and how small they are to how deadly and lethal these animals can be. So what happens is the slow loris has a gland under their armpit called the brachial gland. When they feel threatened or they feel the need to defend themselves or kill a prey, they take their little mouth or head and kind of rub it up under. It's like a little ball patch under their arm. When they rub it under their arm, They then are mixing the toxins, the venom with their saliva. So whenever they bite their prey or bite whatever's bothering them, um, they're also putting it on their fur. But whenever they bite whatever is bothering them, it does damage. Mm -hmm. It, It does some serious damage. So when they do that, they mix the saliva. It's an oil produced from under that gland. But they mix the saliva, they mix the oil, they put on their hair. And they use it to the um that little tooth comb or something on the bottom of their mouth. They put some on there too. So guess what? If it's on there and mixed with their capillaries, and so if it's on their tooth, on their mouth, when they bite, when they bite their animal, the venom enters into that animal's bloodstream. So then, <laughs> then that's where the real damage comes. It can cause decaying at the spot of wherever it's bit, the animal or human can go into anaphylactic shock and for prey and humans it can kill this cute little cuddly tuddly bear y'all y'all looking at and people they say i want what i want it can kill you it is it can be lethal if not stopped in time and for smaller prey it kills them in no time so i think that's really dope it's really different um especially for primates but it's such a contradiction and that's why i love it so much so let's talk about mating the males fight over the females in reality a lot of the reasons they use their venom is when they fight against each other i think it's hilarious because yes it can be used for prey yes it can be for humans but they have seen more incidents when they see bites or um, toxins ingest, injected into other lorises is from another loris. 
or if like any reason the Lawrence is dead and if it's because of venom, it's from other Lawrence's because they fight over a lot of stuff. They fight over females. They fight over territory. Um, the mom was sometimes when she's about to go get food or milk or whatever she needs for the children or she's about to separate from the children. Usually she'll put some, mix it in and everything and then put some on the baby. So that way, if a predator or anybody tries to bite or get the baby, blah, you out, you eliminate it. They have toxins on them. So you're not touching her kids today. Mama bird, not mama bird. Well, mama primate says she got it handled. So. That's another reason they use the toxins is for different reasons. But the main reason is for fighting females um, and both sexes can fight to defend territory, not just males. It can be males or females. Now, as far as the mating part of it, they are poly um, polygamous and they can mate all year long. The mating process only takes, I think, a few minutes. But once the mama Loris is pregnant, she carries for about six months. After the six months, she usually drops one offspring, sometimes two, but not usually more than two at max. It's not common. Can it happen? Yes, anything can happen, but it's not common. Along with that, the uh, babies are born with their eyes open and they also have the strength and the ability to hold on to branches on their own. They eat from mom, I think, for the first four months and then they can eat on their own. But they are hold, strong enough to hold on to the branches while mom does what she needs to do or they um, or they can hold on to mom's back or stomach if need be. Now, the males can reproduce as early as 10 months and the females are sexually mature and ready to produce between 17 and 21 months. So a little less than two years, but within the first year of being born, the males can reproduce, which is crazy. So males go first, they get their first pick and then the females have to wait another year and then they're like, okay, we all in this game together. So that's how that happens. Now, cute, cuddly and venomous. But they do have predators, you guys. Outside of humans, they do have predators. They can be eaten by bears, snakes, hawk eagles, and occasionally orangutans. Um, I personally wasn't really familiar with that one. I've never seen or heard about orangutan eating a slow loris, but doesn't mean it can't happen. Not 100% sure on that one, but I definitely could see the snakes and the birds happening for sure. They live about 17 years in the wild, roughly. Sometimes harder tracks the lor- uh, lorises, but yeah, about 17 years in the wild. Somewhere online, I said about 20 years in the zoo. Of course, we all know that zoos have different con- conditions and they're able to provide for them better and they don't have to worry about predators. They're able to get their food and medical care when needed. So of course, typically in most animals, they last longer in the zoo or uh, sanctuary or an environment where they're being taken care of. Just like if you put me in a house and fed me every day and gave me three meals. And when I got sick, you took me to the doctor, order a doctor to come to the house. Of course, I'm going to live longer. I'm in ideal conditions. I'm in less stress. Uh, In most cases, not always. But when I say zoos and sexual places that actually take care of them ethically and, and have their best intentions. Let's put it like that. So they are endangered. What can we say? Along with predators, they are taken and killed a lot by humans, unfortunately. There's also like every animal, especially Indonesia. So many animals are infected in Indonesia. 
um, in Malaysia and you have a lot of these primates we've already talked about as long as well as certain tigers and other animals that are in Indonesia and Malaysia that are often endangered and affected heavily because of habitat deforestation due to palm oil and other reasons. So if you ever want to learn more about that, you can reach out, comment, um, message me. But if not, you can also look it up yourself about deforestation in Indonesia and Malaysia. It's very interesting. Now, we went through this and now we're at the fast facts. Mm-hmm. I got a few for y'all. I got four this time instead of three. Fact number one, they're the world's only, the only venomous primate is the slow lures. And it's specifically, I guess the Java and slow lures is, I think, I'm pretty sure they all have the gland that they can do it. But regardless, yeah, the only venomous primate is the slow lures. Next fact, they are among the rarest primates on earth because they are legally trafficked, hunted, and seen as magical. There are stories about people that have killed them and put them in the house to keep like bad spirits and predators or yeah, predators away. There was other stories about people that said they were magical and unreal because they took so much effort to kill, which is absolutely terrible. Um and then like the other primates we've talked about, some people have, like the II, some people have used them for medicinal properties or say they could be used for medicinal properties. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah. So they're among the rare, rarest primates. Fact number three, they have two tongues, not one, two. So the first one is used for slurping nectar. That's that long one we talked about earlier where it comes out and just gets it all up. And the lower one is used for like a toothbrush to remove all the dirt and debris from their tooth comb in the bottom of their mouth. So as they're slurping, get messy, getting all over the fur and everything, they have like a toothbrush, like a Phillips toothbrush going in their mouth to clean the rest of their teeth. Pretty awesome. Two birds, one stone. And then the last one, last fact of the day, when it's cold at night, the slow lords enter a hibernation state and the metabolism body temperature is reduced and this can last for days. So I guess, I don't know if it's to save energy to help them preserve or build up their venom. Who knows? But anyway, that's the last fact of the day. I gave y'all four solid ones. Ooh, I said three. There's four solid ones. And y'all can take that and share it with the world. Keep it for yourself, whatever you want to do with it. But I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in today, being patient through the constant changes of me figuring out what's, what am I doing this podcast? Cause this is new, but it's fun. So we're here. Uh, yeah. And I, I appreciate every y'all, every one of y'all for sticking through. You can find us on Google podcasts, Spotify, Apple music, or wherever you find your major podcasts. We're there. Wildlife wonders with an S podcast on instagram is where you can also find me and reach out if you have any questions feel free to message feel free to comment like i said all great content on there and i look forward to talking with y'all soon thanks for listening bye